The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the X-Zone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 1-800-610-7035 is my toll-free worldwide number. Our website, www.exxoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxoneradiotv at hotmail.com. Our website, www.exxoneradiotv.com. Don't forget this coming uh, weekend, the July-August edition of the X-Chronicles newspaper will be Distributed and hitting the newsstands, and if you'd like to read it on our newsstand, where we have over 40 of our past best editions, just go to www.xchronicles-newspaper.com forward slash newspaperstand.htm. And don't forget, you can get all the X-Zone merchandising you would like, all the X-Zone TV show, the Paragators TV show at our store at www.xzonestore.com. As everybody knows, the price of gas seems to be going up, 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 up. And it seems that North Americans are becoming numb to the higher gas prices. And and what do we really need to do to change that? Well, my guest this hour, Dennis Pen, uh, Pen, Penegis, uh is going to help us try and understand this. Uh, and Dennis, first of all, I want to thank you very much for joining us here in the X-Zone. And what, what is happening with the price of gas these days. Why does it keep on going up, then it goes down, then it goes up, then it goes down? It's worse than a yo-yo. Well, there's there's a lot of different factors, Rob. And uh, first off, thanks for having me on your show. My pleasure. And uh, I really like the music, Drive My Car. I mean, uh, very appropriate (laughs) for the topic uh, that we're going to talk about today. Um, But it is a yo-yo, and it's it's very volatile, and there's a lot of different reasons um, that I'm sure we'll uh, get into. It it can get kind of complicated. I'll try to try to simplify it for folks as much as I understand it uh, for those listening. Now, now you, you're go on, sir. Yeah, I'm just saying. Probably the big reason for the volatility is. The oil, we're producing about 88 million barrels of oil a day in the world, mm-hmm. and we're bat- about at our maximum production capability. And I think the oil markets know that, the world market knows that, and so uh, we're, we're bouncing up on the limit. But the problem is we've got the developing world, such as uh, China, India, you know, there's 2.4 billion people there that want oil and cars and that kind of stuff. And right. There's only so much oil to go around. So we're going to continue to see the volatility. We're going to continue to see the price spikes. Uh, We're in a little bit of a reprieve right now, thank goodness. But even now, with everything that's happened in the world and with Europe kind of unraveling somewhat, 
you know, oil is uh, still at $90 a barrel, which mm-hmm. is a surprise to me that it would just continue to – well, it's not really a surprise, but it's just staying high, and it's really affecting the economies of the world in, in many, many ways. Now – you know, you yourself graduated from West Point with a master's degree in environmental engineering as well as uh, that was at UCLA. You're the author of yeah. It's the Price of Oil, Stupid. And, and uh, you know, you've been coined as an energy activist by members of the media. You also led a protest rally in the summer of 2011, and you're also going to be moderating an energy debate on September the 8th in Carbondale, Illinois. Let me ask you this. If all the... If all the companies and all the scientific minds and the engineering minds got together at a big round table and said, all right, let's solve the energy crisis, let's get into alternative fuel, why couldn't that be done? And then we wouldn't have these problems. Well, it, it's not that it can't be done. Mm-hmm. It's We've got plenty of choices. We just haven't made a choice. Yeah. And it's it gets, you know, I hate to say it gets complicated, but it does. And... When you start talking about actually solving problems in our country, then you start talking about politics and the uh, the factors of politics that enter into the decisions. And unfortunately, what we've got right now is a system where there's there's two parties that basically argue with each other. And so when the good ideas come out, it's almost hard to filter through the good ideas because the other side is so used to arguing against the other you know, sides idea sure. that it just turns into this mess. And well, we why, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break? Uh, we'll be back in two minutes. And when we come back, we'll talk more about this perplexing problem. Don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. We all desire health, happiness, and fulfillment, but often get in our own way. 
Repeated patterns that leave us out of control can keep us feeling powerless, frustrated, and unable to move forward in spite of our best efforts. Unconscious patterning disconnects us from our gifts, often destroying the very thing we seek. But there is an answer. We can take charge of our destiny and heal the trauma of our history. Shamanism is an effective ancient modality that can reconnect us with our true selves, empower the creation of our dreams, and return us to health and balance. Cody Alexander is a certified shamanic practitioner and teacher with 11 years experience. Email healingpathways33 at gmail.com or visit codyalexander.net to schedule a long-distance shamanic session today. I see what happened on the computer. That song by Marty Robbins is a white sports coat and a pink carnation, but on the computer it's popped up as a white sports coat and a pink car. <laughs> well, that explains it. My guest this hour, Exonation, is um, is, is Dennis uh, Pinagis. And his website is www.itsthepriceofoilstupid.com. He's the author of It's the Price of Oil Stupid. So why, why can't we just get rid of fossil fuel, go with the alternative fuels, and end and the crunch on, on uh, energy that's got everybody by the throat and the short and curlies? Well, I, look, I looked at that in my book. And I, I, one thing you've got to understand is fossil mm-hmm. fuels are such a huge part of the energy consumption in the world. Mm-hmm. Fossil fuels account for 86% of the energy that we use in this world. And trying to replace 86% of the energy pie, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. is huge. And um, I looked at uh, just replacing fossil fuels and generating electricity. And I, I did a, you know, equations and math and tried to figure out what it would take and I, how many windmills it would take or, and uh, what type of effort we're talking about. And I calculated mm-hmm. it, and I compared the windmills to, say, the Chrysler building in downtown Manhattan, which most people are more familiar with. And you know it would take the equivalent of a Chrysler building being built every day for the next 10 years. To, to, to replace the coal that we're using for generating just electricity. The, the scope of what we're talking about is enormous, and that's what people really don't, it, you know, it's hard to get your hands around how big a problem we're really talking about and how much energy we're going to have to replace from our fossil fuels. Oh, right, but what happens if tomorrow, excuse me, what happens if tomorrow that, there's no more oil. There's no more fossil fuel. We're going to have eighty percent of the electrical, eighty uh, percent of the energy gone. What happens? Well, that first of all, that's not going to happen. I mean, it's pretty well calculated using science, mm-hmm. geologists and petroleum engineers and that kind of stuff. How much oil is actually out there? We know how much oil is out there, and we have a pretty good idea, you know, how much we can get out so of the ground. So that, that's not going to happen. We have time. But the problem is we're wasting time. We've wasted so much time already. And that's why I really got involved with this. I was getting so frustrated that we were there's no real energy policy. There's no real plan. Uh, there's no real awareness of the public of how much we need to do to be able to replace the fossil fuels. And that, we're talking about oil, which is the main one we use, which is about 38% of the energy we consume is from oil. 
and then there's coal and natural gas, which are around 25% each. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, we, we there's so much to do, and that's what I'm trying to do by writing the book and by leading a gas price protest rally. We've got an energy debate coming up here in September in southern Illinois, so we're trying to raise awareness on this issue. Now, why does the price of gas keep going up? I, I can't understand this. I, I know that the amount of tax that is put on the petroleum industry is is ridiculous. You end up paying tax on top of tax on top of tax on top of tax. The government is making a small fortune. No, they're making a big fortune on it. So so how can the industry, if it would want to, change that so the price of gas would be more consumer-friendly? Well, that's, that's where there's a lot we could do. And it, but it's not just about gasoline. It's about energy in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's, here's what I would like to see. I would like to see more of a wholesale shift towards nuclear energy for electricity. And if if we set a goal in this country of generating 90% of our electricity from nuclear power within the next 30 years, first of all, that would uh, free up a lot of our fossil fuels. Right. And then what we could do is, not a lot of people know this, but you can take coal. And coal we have in abundance in this country. We have so much coal in this country. You can convert coal into oil. Oil you can convert into gasoline and diesel and that kind of, you know, for transportation fuel. So, number one, we free up coal and get it get it out of the electricity generation and then use coal uh, converted into oil for our transportation fuels. All right, so we've, we've, we've got transportation fuels. We have, uh, well, let's see, diesel as a transportation fuel, gasoline. You've got the, uh, the jet fuel and the jet uh, petroleums the avionic petroleums, and then you've got all these spin-off industries that depend heavily on the uh, on the petroleum industry and the fossil fuel industry, and I can just think sure. of the chemical industry as one of them. Sure. Chemicals, uh, plastics, mm-hmm. you know, plastics come from petroleum, um, fertilizer, um, heck, even bubble gum, toothpaste processed out of petroleum. I mean... Look around you in your office or in your car, whatever you're at. A lot of those things are made out of petroleum. We we really do rely on fossil fuels, in particular oil, so much for our daily lives and for functioning. And the truth is, this oil is not going to be around forever. And we're going to have to figure a way to transition away from it while not being on this economic yo-yo that we've been on with the price of oil. It's you know, it's, it's like I said, it's frustrating, but there are things we could do. But number one, I think we need to do is we, we need to raise awareness. We need to raise awareness of the scope of the problem that we're dealing with. Right. And and we need to get people talking. We need to get our politicians talking about it, our government, you know, people like yourself and, and other talk shows and people around their kitchen table and ask, what are we really going to do to to help this transition away from fossil fuels? 1-800-610-7035, worldwide, toll-free. Email dot com On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com and our website, com. So what you're saying to me, uh, Dennis, is that we are not running out of oil and we shouldn't be afraid? Well, it's running out of oil. I mean, that's uh, one way of putting it. It's... Mm-hmm. 
there's only so much oil in the ground right now. This right. oil was formed tens of millions of years ago. Most of it was formed in what were then shallow seas. Back when the, war, the world was much warmer, the, the water level was much higher, there's very little polar ice caps. So let's say most of the state of Texas was underwater. The eastern part of Saudi Arabia was all underwater. It was a shallow Hello, are you there? Oh, looks like we lost Dennis. Exo Nation, stand by, and we'll get him right back. Dennis, are you there? Okay, it seems that we've lost him. Uh, Craig, uh, let's get our guest back. Okay. All right, Exonation. Uh, Craig was able to get Dennis back, and I'm sorry about that. Dennis looks like uh, somebody didn't want you to spill the beans on the oil industry. <laughs> yeah, with uh, no conspiracy theory. I yeah, hope. yeah. All right, so uh, so go on with what you were saying. You know, like because you know you hear so many different stories that you know the the oil the fossil fuel is going to be depleted. We're going to run out of oil. Uh, that the depletion of the oil or the withdrawal of the oil out of the earth is causing the movement of the tectonic plates worse than they've ever been before. So wh- what is a person to believe? Like, we're not engineers. You are. Yeah. Well, the the, the truth is there's only so much oil to go around. Mm-hmm. Um, it was formed millions and millions of years ago. And we've tapped into a lot of the super big oil fields that are out there, in particular in Saudi Arabia and a few other countries. And we've tapped in, and we've been tapping them for a long time. And and so what we're doing is we're transitioning to newer uh, oil fields that aren't as big as the ones that we're replacing. And they're, most of them are in more difficult conditions. And for example, off the coast of Brazil, there's about 43 billion barrels of oil. Well, that's a lot of oil. It's not as big as the oil fields in Saudi Arabia, but right. it's a lot of oil. But it's also under about 6,000 feet of water, and the oil is about 7,000 feet underneath the bottom of the ocean. So getting at that oil is incredibly complex um, and very difficult and very expensive. So it's it's driving up the cost to get at the oil. And, um, and then the like I was talking about earlier, the ability to get the 88 million barrels of oil a day out of the earth, it, it's its getting harder and harder to do. You know, a lot of people, when they think about uh, petroleum, uh, you know, uh, research and, and looking for the next well, the BP oil disaster in the Gulf still is fresh in many minds. And a lot of people are saying, okay, we need to take a second look at oil exploration. Well, I don't blame them. I mean, I was as frustrated as anybody. I hated seeing that oil coming up in the ocean, and I hate to see the uh, the environmental mm-hmm. effects of it. But the truth is, we're hooked on oil. Um, it's not going to go away. Uh, we expect to drive up to the gas pump and be able to put gasoline in our vehicles or diesel in our trucks or whatever, and and live about our day, you know, in a normal manner. So we're going to and. The problem is a lot of the the big oil reserves now are offshore, and so we're going to have to go after them. You know, going after them safely, of course, is our priority. Right. But we're going to go after them, and there's always going to be risk, and there's always a chance for uh, a disaster or leaks or you know problems for the environment. But I don't think we're going to stop using oil. It's just not going to happen. You know, when we think about oil disasters, where you've got the Exxon Valdez, and like I said, the the, uh, the disaster in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, there was an oil spill uh, just uh, near the Alberta tar sands a couple of weeks ago, and then you've got the planning of this massive pipe out going all the way from the oil sands down into the United States. 
I understand the 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 financial connection all the way around when it comes to oil exploration as well as the the um, the selling of the various products. But there has to come a time when government uh, and uh, and environmental groups and John Q. Public gets together and say, "Hey, listen, what's more important: our dependency on fossil fuel and petroleum, or saving this planet?" You and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at the bottom of the hour. Dennis, please stand by. Exonation, my guest this hour is Dennis Pinagis. His website is www.itsthepriceofoilstupid.com. And that's also his um, book's title. It's the Price of Oil, Stupid. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. There you go. There's an idea. Let's get magic carpets. That way there we don't have to go and stop the gas pumps and uh, pump oil into the magic carpets. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is Dennis uh, Pinagis. His website is www.itsthepriceofoilstupid.com. Dot com. Dennis, so, you know, there, now it seems that oil exploration is looking at the Arctic region and uh, you've got different countries claiming different sovereignty. Uh, it seems like this, the, the Arctic is going to turn into one heck of a political standoff before the oil exploration ever starts. 
Yeah, and that'll that'll be really interesting, and it'll be. Uh, I'm anxious to see how all that's gonna gonna play out with some of the. Uh, you know, we're kind of going back mm-hmm. to the 19th century with the land grabs and uh, and going after resources and that kind of stuff. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Is nuclear energy safer than fossil fuel energy? Well, there's there's studies that uh, that go into depth about the safety of different uh, energy sources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nuclear energy turns out a lot better than coal, that's for sure, with the coal mining and then the transportation of coal and then the burning of coal through the uh, smokestacks. Uh, nuclear power is incredibly safe. I mean, when you transport nuclear fuel, uh, you know, you do it in a, in a truck. You don't do it in... Uh, in a train that you know a boxcar loads of fuel you know for miles and miles mm-hmm. you know once a week kind of thing i mean just the transportation of the fuel alone is so much safer um it's not uh putting emissions like mercury and uh, other gases into the air um so yeah it's incredibly safe the, the problem with nuclear is when there something does go wrong it just everybody freaks out and uh it it can turn into a big uh, media event, and it can you know it can people can uh, become injured and lose their lives from it. Um, but it's uh, it's like kind of like a shark attack, you know. It draws all the news, even though it happens you know not very often. Well, you know, I, I, once again, uh, history not too long ago, what happened to Japan with the tidal wave and the effect that the tidal wave have uh, had on the nuclear reactors there, and how it is now affecting. The food chain. I, I don't think this would have happened if it was just a, a coal-fired uh, reactor or a, or a coal-fired turbine system that that uh, that was swamped with water. True. I mean, but the uh, you know with coal, you've got the emissions that are coming out every day from coal-fired plants all around the world. If you look at you know the the air quality on the west coast of the United States, mm-hmm. it's being affected by the amount of coal that's being burned over in China. I mean, the winds transported over here to the United States. So we're seeing the effects of other energy sources at least as much as we're seeing from nuclear. So so let me, get, let me ask you the question again. Why can't we just change the, 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 the sources of fuel? I understand that 80% depends on petroleum and fossil fuel. Uh, I understand that there's no argument there, but there must be other ways. To, because we're not doing our planet and the future generations of, of our children by continuing in the same circle we're doing because of fossil fuel. Something's got to change. Yeah, and I tell you what I think has to change. I mean, I mean, lots of little things, but number one is leadership. There's got to be some leadership from the very, very top of this mm-hmm. country that rec and, and allows everybody to recognize the scope of the problem we're dealing with and ideas for dealing with it and how we're going to do it. You know, I propose nuclear power, but if a yeah. leader were to step up, if the next president or any, you know, the, this president or whoever were to step up and say this is the number one problem that the world is facing, the United States is facing, and this is what we're going to do to solve it, and we need everybody's help to get it done, that's what we need, that we need leadership from important people in this country to affect the change that has to happen. And trust me, it's going to happen whether 
this change is going to happen no matter what we think or what we want because there's only so much oil, there's only so much yeah. coal, there's only so much natural gas. It's only going to last so long. I mean, we're talking decades here. It may not, you know, it's not going to happen tomorrow or next week or next year, but over time as that production decreases, we're going to see huge impacts on the economy, on our society, and and what what then is going to happen amongst the people if, you know, like uh 2008, you know, the the economy took a 1% dip in our GDP, and you thought the world was going to end, you know, the, mm -hmm. the economic effects. Well, what's going to happen when oil really does start to go into decline? You know, the GDP drop is not going to be 1%. It's going to be a lot more, and it's going to happen year after year after year. The the stress on our society is going to be tremendous. The the stress on our political system, on our government system, is going to be tremendous. We can't wait around another 30 years to to sort it out. We got to start working on this now. Unfortunately, from my understanding, the petroleum industry carries a lot of weight in Washington. And look what's happening with the the gun control uh, fiasco that is now being brought to the surface once again after the Aurora, Colorado massacre. President Obama and, uh, you know, Mick Romney, they don't even want to touch the Second Amendment issue. They don't even want to touch gun control and it, because of the implications with the NRA. I'm sure that the that the uh, that the lobbyists for the petroleum and fossil fuel industry carry a lot more clout than the NRA does. Yeah, you're right, and and it gets more complicated because it becomes an international issue with, uh, in particular, OPEC. Yeah, the organization of petroleum exporting countries that have banned up and control about sixty five percent of the world's oil, and so. You, you have to kind of tread lightly. You don't, you don't want to get OPEC on, on the bad side of OPEC or they'll, yeah. they could uh, put an embargo on you or something like that. Not, not that that would happen, I'd say, but it's, it's, a, uh, it's a very tricky issue to deal with. And, and, but what I've found, you know, if you look at history in the United States and whatnot, what really shines through when we go through difficult times is leadership. You know, and having a leader that is not afraid to tell the truth and tell the American people what we need to do, um, and that that I think we could overcome so much, but it's just not even on the radar screen for our country. But you know, you yourself say that Americans are becoming numb to the higher gas prices. So if if the if the population and if society is becoming numb to the problem, is it our own fault that our leadership isn't doing anything about it? Well, I'd, I'd say yes. Um, you know, when I when I talk about this issue all over the country, mm -hmm. um, you know, what what gets more attention? Me me being on a, a talk show in Albuquerque, New Mexico, or the results of American Idol for that night and who won? You know, who won Dancing with the Stars? Oh, yeah. We're we're transfixed with uh, entertainment and trivial stuff and. And I'm not criticizing because I, I like that kind of stuff too. But sure. there's some things we have to wake up and smell the coffee and say our destiny is in our own hands and we have to do something about it. People complain. They'll complain to each other. They'll complain to the grocery guy. They'll complain to the guy at the donut shop. But when it comes to the right place where the complaints should actually go, and that's to their elected officials, 
it stops. I, I think that what has happened, and this is only my opinion, is that whether it's the United States or Canada or any other free nation, is that we have forgotten that we, the people, have put the politicians in the power that they, in the position of power that they have today, and we, the people, can make the change happen. But it seems that somewhere along the line, we've forgotten this. Yeah, and you know, it's easy to forget because we all get caught up in our own lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a let's maybe a family and children or hobbies and things that we want to make ourselves a better person or whatever, but you're right. It does come down to a free people has to decide what they want to do with their country. And that's why, uh, I mean, I love freedom. I love sure. this country. And I just said it's time for people like me who who are have researched this and can write about it and can talk about it to step up and make a difference. Now, I'm trying – I'm making a small difference just by being on this show, but also the energy debate I talked about – we're going to have representatives at this energy debate on September 8th in Carbondale, Illinois, which is uh, – the debate is also co-sponsored by Southern Illinois University. We're going to have a representative from coal, oil and mm-hmm. gas, uh, solar, and we're trying to find a wind person now. But we're going to have different uh, energy uh, experts and representatives stand up and talk about what they can bring to the table. And we're going to, you know, have people there. We're going to have entertainment. And afterwards, we'll have people can, you know, talk about it. That's what I'm trying to do. You know, if if somebody's listening wants to do that in uh, Sacramento, California, or Winnipeg, or wherever, Mm -hmm. start getting this issue in conversation. Do what you can. Talk to whoever you can. Talk to your politicians about it. It's a big deal. We can't just sit back. Did we lose? Uh, did we lose uh, Dennis again? Dennis, are you there? All right, uh, Craig, can you uh, get Dennis back on the line for me, please? Explanation: We're going to be getting uh, Dennis back, and Craig has given me the signal. Do you have him back, Craig? And and, and just bring your voice to the table. You don't have to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a scientist. But if you are, think about it. Tell me about the the rally that uh, that you uh, that you participated in, or that or that you helped organize. Um, what was the what was the general feeling of the people who participated in the rally, and how did the public react? Well, it was great. It was down here in Southern Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, the salt of the earth kind of people here, Midwest values, that kind of thing. And uh, what really drove it was last summer, people were just tired of high gas prices. Yeah. You know. You're going out and you're making a living. Let's say you're, you fix garage doors for a living. You take your pickup truck, you go out there, you, or install the door, repair it, whatever you do. You're running around to different houses and that kind of stuff. You're going back to your warehouse, getting your equipment. When gas prices go up, it affects your bottom line. It affects how much you, know, you can provide for your family mm-hmm. or for yourself or you know, what kind of food you can buy or how you can upgrade your uh, standard of living. And so people were tired of that. They came out to this rally. Uh, we carried signs through the city of uh, Carbondale that, uh, based on you know whatever that person thought about uh, what was the problem, and we just we just marched through downtown Carbondale, Illinois. And and how was it received by by the people who who were not part of the rally, but the spectators, uh, the the officials, as well as the media? Well, that's a good question. We did get a lot of exposure, television, newspaper, radio, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
and different blogs and that kind of stuff. And some of, you know, it was varied. The one thing that I found disappointing was people who thought that we had some kind of, I don't know, like a agenda or we were just protesting because we wanted to protest. You know, we didn't right. have anything better to do. You know, I got a lot of better things I could be sure. doing than protesting gas prices or having an energy debate on my own time and helping to organize and that kind of stuff. And so the disappointing thing for me was people who just thought we were wackos or protesters or just, you know, troublemakers, rabble-rousers, and, and that that was frustrating because I'm not, and the people there weren't. They're just good, hard-working people that they're getting tired of nothing happening uh, for energy policy and, and things that could be done in this country. You also, in your book, uh, write about uh, the concept that the government is printing too much money. What did you discover? Well, what uh, I, you've probably heard this. You say, oh, the government's printing too much money. Mm-hmm. You know, well, what, what does that mean? Who's really studied this? Yeah. So I was researching this. I'm like, well, where's all the uh, data? Data. It should be able to be proved rather easily if they're printing too much money. Exactly. Well, it's it's not quite as easy as you think as I was researching this, but I finally did get to the bottom of it, and I started comparing the money supply month to month, the growth of the money supply compared to the growth in the economy. Because you would think if the economy grows 1%, that you need 1% more money in that economy, Correct. Correct. Well, what I found was, as I analyzed it, is that the there is more money being introduced into the economy than the growth in the economy would indicate. And so I plotted that in the book and, and calculated it, and I think that helps explain some of the bubbles that we've had in the last 50 years where there's really more money that should be out there, so that money chases things. It chases technology stocks or chases uh, real estate Mm -hmm. or whatever, and it drives up those prices. And then we realize, wait a minute, it's really not worth as much as we think it is. We just had more money. So what happens? It comes crashing back to reality. That's what we saw, I believe, in uh, 2008 when everything reversed course on us. You and I have to take our final break, Uh, Dennis. Please stand by. Exo Nation, my guest this hour, is the author of a book that... uh I know a number of people here are going to pick up. It's called It's the Price of Oil, Stupid. His website is www.itsthepriceofoilstupid.com. That's www.itsthepriceofoilstupid.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. 
It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation, whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials. How we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Next on Nation, Dennis Pinagis is my guest this hour. The name of his book is It's the Price of Oil, Stupid. His website is www.itsthepriceofoilstupid.com. First of all, Dennis, I want to thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight here on the Exxon. But I have a question to ask you. Global warming, is it real or is it fictional? Well, it's uh, it's it's complicated. <laughs> And I, I know that's probably a horrible answer, but no, it's an honest I've studied, one. well, I've studied a lot about global warming. I've tried to get my hands around global warming, and just when I think I kind of have it figured out, mm-hmm. I realize I don't. All I really know is that, yes, when you look at the carbon dioxide levels in the atmosphere today, yeah. they're more than they've been in the last uh, couple million years. Um, and so that's a fact. You know, how that's affecting the climate mm-hmm. is something that is really so complicated. The computer models that we have that are studying this aren't sophisticated enough to understand it. You would think that if the uh, if the Earth is warming, then you would see you know the oceans warming, which would generate much larger hurricanes. You would think, but the other impact is that it it creates the uh, the shear winds in the upper atmosphere that are shearing off the tops of these hurricanes and keeping them from growing into mm. major hurricanes. And so it's so complicated, you know, it, it's hard to really figure out what's happening, how bad it is, how good it is. Um, I, to be honest, I don't, have, I, I don't totally understand it. What would you like to leave the members of the Exxon Nation around the world with tonight, Dennis? Well, first off, thanks you, thank you, Rob, for for having me on. My great and, pleasure, and sir. Letting me, uh, giving me a chance and an opportunity to talk about something that I think is extremely important. Um, you know, I would say just for your the listeners out there that are, you know have listened to what I've had to say and the the, the seriousness of this, 
you know, have fun with it, but, you know, go out and read a book mm. on it. You don't have to read my book. You know, if you read my book, that's great. But there's lots of books. There's articles. There's uh, magazine articles. There's articles on the Internet. Get smarter about it. So when people talk to you about why gasoline prices are going up or going down, you understand and you can and speak about it. And just do that. Speak with others about this topic, not just oil coal, natural gas, how we're going to transition off of these fossil fuels. They're not going to be around forever. How, you know, where are we going to get the money to pay for this? Bring this up with your friends. Come up with good ideas. Uh, have conversations about it. That's, that's what I'd like to leave with your audience. Dennis, again, I want to thank you so much. Uh, I understand your book is available online and at, uh, at fine bookstores everywhere. It sure is. Um, I'd rec- Amazon is great. I use that a lot. Mm-hmm. I, last I checked, it was out on Amazon, but I'm sure it'll get restocked soon. So if you order, they'll they'll send it out as soon as they get more books in. Dennis, I want to thank you so much for joining us, and uh, thanks very much for bringing the great work that you've done in your book. It's the price of oil, stupid, to the public. Thank you. Well, thank you, Rob. Exonation, my guest this hour has been uh, Dennis Penagis. Uh, his website is www.itsthepriceofoilstupid. Dot com And his book is entitled, It's the Price of Oil, Stupid. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide toll-free email, exxon at com On MSN Messenger. Exxon Radio TV at Hotmail.com and our website, www. TV.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news. Whatever you do, do not go away. <laughs> 